we live. All right. So I just want to take the time to uh, introduce myself. So my name is Andre DeCastro. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, um, a psychotherapist, and I also teach psychology in CUNY schools. I've taught in like City Tech College. I've taught in Hunter. I've taught at York College. I've taught at QCC. So I've just taught a lot of psychology in a lot of different places. Nice. And um, currently right now I have my own private practice and it's doing great. I actually just copped the Porsche. <laughs> Shit's fire. <laughs> that ass. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what's up, peeps? My name is Kevin Bustillo. Um, the last decade I've been in inner city schools, New York City. I'm born, bred, and based in New York City. And I'll probably be buried here as well. Um, I've also worked five years in the school counseling setting. And I just recently finished my uh, prerequisites for licensure for a therapist. So a lot of experience with black and Latinos. Uh, my age demographics from like 14 to 23. So like high school, college age. Um, and that's, that's my generation, as you can see, Ecuadorian, Yanito. Um, I forgot to to mention my, uh, my national background. So like my, my dad's Colombian, my mom's Salvadorian. I was born in, in, uh, United States. I was actually born in Texas, but I grew up in Queens, New York. Represent New York in the house, hundred percent, one hundred percent. I was here. I've been here since I was barely a year old. Um, then definitely a lot more to talk about in my personal life history as we continue on with this uh, this podcast for sure. For sure, for sure, definitely get to know us a little bit, um, and we might even do a little story of how we met as well. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> now nah, the way that we met is you know we met through a you know an internship. At Fannie Lou Hamer High School in the Bronx, in the South Bronx, actually. South Bronx. It was uh, pretty uh, intense over there. A lot of the kids over there, all in like gangs and stuff like that. Remember, and like, I mean, you know, talking about confidentiality, you know, this podcast, you know, I'm going to mention stories. I won't say no names, but obviously there are going to be stories I'm going to tell from my own personal experiences. But I remember while we were working there, I don't know if you remember that kid that got stabbed up. I remember a oh, lot. That, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shout out to the Browns, though. Shout yeah, out to that, Fannie that, Lou. That, Since we already put Fannie Lou out yeah, there. Yeah. Shout out to Fannie Lou, Shout man. out to Fannie Lou for sure. Uh, they Represent. St- <laughs> they st- I still keep in touch, man. Yeah, still me great too. Me too. I still keep in touch with the staff there. Great, uh, great, great staff there, though, for such a school. Yeah, so we did our internship there together. Um, we had an amazing internship supervisor. I, oh, yeah. I hope she's still over there. I haven't actually checked in with her. Oh, I checked in with her last year. She's good. Nice. She's over there still. Um, and then I went into school counseling and Andre went into mental health counseling. Yeah. And then 10 years later, we linked up again. Yeah. <laughs> linked up again. We said, yo, let's meet up for some coffee. And then we were talking about our lives and shit and how things went down. And basically, I was like, hey, yo, <laughs> trying to do a podcast? And he's like, yeah. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> Got nothing to lose but the opportunity, so. Exactly, exactly. And then we talked about what are the, some of the things we're going to talk about in this podcast and some of the stuff we're going to get through, you know, is uh, a lot of psychological knowledge, a lot of mental health-related stuff, a lot of st- mental health-related stuff geared towards the culture, uh, specifically more so towards the Latino community. Uh, we'll also be talking about other cultures as well. Um, Kevin was just asking me about, like, what's my demographic and my caseload and my private practice. And I was just telling him, you know, demographic is about 70% 
Latinos. So basically, I serve a lot of Latino families and 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 adults and kids. Um, Thirty percent goes out to all the other cultures. I I work with Caucasian, Blacks. Uh, you know, I have all types of cultural knowledge at this point. It's crazy. I work with like so many different uh, people. You know, yeah. it's like crazy. Like working with different families and all that. It's pretty interesting, you know? Asian cultures, Indian cultures, Bangladesh, every, everywhere, anywhere you name in the world. I actually was, um, I used to uh, be on this app as a therapist called BetterHelp. Oh, yeah, I've heard of BetterHelp. They yeah. come up a lot on the sponsorship. Yeah, and um, as I was working through that, we're you not know, sp- We're not sponsored by BetterHelp. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not sponsoring BetterHelp, by the way. <laughs> we gotta I actually, stop, we I actually gotta hate stay that. saying all these that, that's, names. That's not therapy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like that's therapy, you know? Nah, uh, Unless it's like the whole texting back and forth stuff. That, that's I, what it is. I don't, I don't think that's therapy, man. It's nah. like, I was doing that, and I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't like this. It's that's not, insta-therapy. It's, yeah, it's like insta-therapy. It's like, well, nah. I'm just texting people back and forth. I, I don't, it doesn't have the same juice as like natural therapy, like in person, person, or at least zoom to zoom. Zoom is good. Yeah, for sure. Zoom, zoom is good. But like, you know, um, better help was like the texting platform. Nah, that was bad. And also, uh, the reason why I bring that up is because better help actually had this feature where we were allowed to actually like provide services during COVID, like to, uh, other regions of the world actually. Mm. So I actually was, uh, servicing like people in like Europe and the really? UK and like, yeah, in the UK specifically, nowhere else. I, I think there was like a, yeah, a law thing that said that, yeah, but through better help, you can do that. So, you know, I just made them sign a consent form saying like, hey, bro, like I'm in the United States right. and you're in the UK. So we have different cultural stuff. So just like, you know, you understand the risks of that. If anything were to come up like a cultural conflict or whatever. Yeah, for but, sure. you know, we move forward with that. And yeah, I, sir, I, I was talking to people in the UK during COVID. And, you know, like I went as far as that, you know what I mean? And like I was actually hearing like their life stories out there, their their ways of being, how they are, who they are as people. You know, what I mean, it's, it's so interesting, man. I wish I wish I wish there was no like licensing issues or limitations mm. to the people that you serve. I wish we could just serve the world. You know what I mean? Man. I don't understand all this stupid licensing fucking rules. Like who made these rules, by the way? Like if you can yeah. help people, help as many people as you can across the world. Why? Why are we limiting mental health counselors and social workers and everyone to a certain state. You know what right. I mean? Like if I wanted to serve someone or help someone in Colombia, why can't I do that? Right. Who the fuck who's running this shit? Right. I know who's running it. <laughs> I, and I, I think that's a big part. And I think that also goes back to, you know, folks like us who go into the field and then we're set with these systematic barriers that are really holding us back from uh, serving to our, our maximum potential and to the way we want, right? Like we have to, we have a set of guidelines and rules and we have to uh, make sure to abide by them. And we can't just go out to our country and be like, hey, I'm a psychotherapist, you know, and and let's do some work. Until we get licensed there. Until we get licensed there, right? I mean, I can understand to a certain point, like, okay, like maybe you have to learn about like the culture and stuff and like all this other stuff, but like, at the end of the day, like, um, mental health doesn't mm-hmm. discriminate. You know what right. I mean? Like, Asians suffer from depression. Spanish people suffer from depression. Black people suffer sure. from depression. White people suffer from depression. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, f- why Why do, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Am I bugging thinking that? No, not at all. Now you, you're, you're really, you're making me think, man, because, you know, I feel that that happens a lot where, you know, the system is just against us. Um, and... You know, I, it's it's one thing I have with the licensing of becoming a therapist and all that um, is, all right, so, like, w- whose rules now do I have to abide by? And I think that, 
like you said, making it more global and more accessible, um, especially with this day and age, man, I have a lot to say about Insta therapy. And, uh, you know, there is a lot of gurus out there who adolescents and teenagers and even younger than that are listening to. Um, but yet we're restricted, <laughs> you know, like they can go on and unlicensed, uncertified, untrained, un, un anything. Um, and just because they have a poise and they have a confidence, uh, these people around the world are listening to them and they're taking some really bad advices sometimes. Um, and there's also no level of accountability. So I think, I don't know, man, where, where do we have to petition? I think we, we need to really, uh, think about the next five to 10 to 20, 30 years and how we serving the next generation of Insta, Insta folks. Yeah, and the the Insta therapy stuff is uh, interesting. You know, people posting all these things about childhood stuff, and like one one interesting Insta therapy post is like this woman. She does like this tea time therapy tea time thing, and you know she's mentioning all these things, which is great. It's great advice. Like I'm not knocking her. Like I love her uh, her uh, content, but you know it's just like how I, I guess like you know some people are gonna relate, some people aren't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like you know when you post something as a mental health page it's kind of like you kind of have to apply what you're saying to like a general amount mm -hmm. of people. Like you can't just, it's hard to, unless you want to focus on one particular group, I mm -hmm. think that's the best way to do it. Actually. I think more so like, I think so too. like if you're like, you know, like uh, talking about like, if you're having that tea time thing, like at least like say like, Hey, this is more so for like minority clients or this is more so for like, you know, Caucasian clients or whatever, you know, I think just to put a little disclaimer can be helpful or something like yeah. that. But I don't know. It's just it's it's a interesting time in of day and age for the mental health field. Yeah. Um shout out to Tea Time. I know who you're talking about. I'm not going to say her name, but uh I took a class with her and everything. So that's Oh, for <laughs> real? That's that's Oh, that's, that's cool. That's that's the yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and I think that you're right. And you know what what uh I get caught up on a lot is if I do become more specific on the demographic that I'm talking about. Let's say I'm talking about Latino men, right? And because it's not general enough, I always get uh, backlash and, you know, people saying, oh, well, what if they don't fit the man description, right? Mm -hmm. Are they not men anymore? And I think that... Yeah. Um, well, well, everyone's going to have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, everyone's going to have an opinion, yeah. but I think there's this um, group of folks who are ready to... Uh, call in the outliers and call in the people who don't fit in the description and want you to be very general when speaking about. And that's a tough things. thing to do. I mean, I try it all the time. Tough as hell. I mean, that's that's why I kind of go all into like my my theoretical orientation is geared towards like existentialism because existentialistic like ideas mm -hmm. are like human based. Like you know what's what's the meaning of life? Concrete. Death more concrete more like everyone goes through that you know mm -hmm. what you know emotional stuff emotional processing stuff that's why i try to keep it very general in my posts like you know i talk about gratitude uh more so like feeling based stuff and things like that you know i try not to go deep into like the politics because then mm -hmm. that could skew so many different different um people's minds and and the ways that they see and perceive me as a therapist you know and as a therapist i feel like i'm more of like a dynamic sort of therapist like I'm very open to working with multiple types of people and um I try not to, I try to like really understand all types of people mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I work with like I work with like cops 
freaking it was cops during the whole Black Lives Matter thing. I was yeah. working with like cops. I was working with Black Lives Matter people, and I was working with like all these different like organizations and people, and like it was just like a whole bunch of me hearing all these sort of like ideas and perspectives and getting torn in between that is like it's like difficult to like hear everyone's side and try to be as empathetic as possible mm. but of course i have my own grounded uh ways of thinking and my own values and what i believe and stuff like that but you know as a therapist you kind of you know mm. if you want to try to help people i think you got to help people by understanding people you know what i mean like even if you go even if your values kind of go against them a little bit it's an interesting right. sort of thing like because you know i'm in this field to help people i'm not in this field to like you know uh make people worse you know right no for Feel sure bad. So when, uh, and it's interesting, and I feel like always when Andre talks, I feel like I can just, it reflects like a thousand percent. Um, when you do find yourself, like you have, like you said, your own identity, your own values, your own beliefs, when you do find yourself um, with a client who shares that, do you feel different in your approach at all? Hmm. I feel different in my approach. Yeah, let's say you client. get a, a Colombian Latino, which mm-hmm. has happened to me. I just had a client last year mm-hmm. who his identity was like a reflection of mine mm-hmm. when I was 19, 20, mm-hmm. right? And I felt like our sessions and just our alliance was a lot different oh, yeah. than, let's say, the other white client who I had, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do you feel about when it's like your people, not only your people, but like your similar identity as you well i i do feel like um more i i do feel uh a great connection mm-hmm. i don't want to say better <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because i i do feel like i've had i've had connections with asian people that were greater probably than my connections with latino people and the reason for that is because i'm also into like video games and anime and stuff like that and you know i think it really depends on the personality because i've definitely had like a latino client whose personality was like not the greatest and you know i didn't really connect with that person that well you know what i mean so at the end of the day what i'm noticing is that it's not about really like the ethnicity i mean it does make a difference of course 100 percent but it's not ultimately all about that. There's also like the personality factors and the humanism that kind of goes behind all of that. So yeah. like, you know, cause I've connected with all types of people, you know, like I said, like, you know, it's, it's just like their personality. Is this person personable? I've worked with like angry people and I'm not an angry person. And when mm. I work with those angry people, I'm more neutral. I just try to understand where they're coming from. And usually when I work with angry people, it's more like empathy based, uh, learning practices like mm. i give them a hypothetical situation like you know you're at a deli and somebody cuts the line uh how how do you perceive that how do you feel about mm. that what are you gonna do you know and then they'll say something like oh i'll tell him that he's a fucking piece of shit mm-hmm. like you're not supposed to do that and i'm like okay so then can you try to learn empathy by like maybe trying to understand or put something in your perspective that can make you understand like oh this person's probably in a rush because he's probably late to like a job interview or something he needs to run out to deli and just throw the money on the counter mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like the, you know like then it kind of like challenged them to think differently and then it kind of like makes them empathize with people so next time they're at the line at a deli they'll probably use that and be like wait hold up that person's probably like in a rush or something probably running late to work or probably like you know, uh, has some shit going on in their life and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like, I shouldn't get angry about that because number one, it's their life. And number two, it's my life too. And if I get angry, I should going to mess right. up my own health, right? my own mental health. So then it goes into talking about rationalization and all that stuff. And, right. you know, I'm not trying to have a whole therapy session here right now, but right. <laughs> you 
No, I hear that. I hear that. Um, And what I'm thinking about as you're speaking is like how trained and how experienced you are. Right. And I think it takes um, for those of you that don't really know the process of getting licensed, like it's a big deal. It's not it's it's not Dre is not your guru, furu guy who's just, (laughs) you know, trying to get likes and clicks like you barely even post. Right. Because he's out here in real life. And I think that is actually one of the first videos that I wanted to make for myself is really defining the difference between a coach, a guru, an advisor, and a therapist. Oh, yeah, please, let's do that. Because a therapist (laughs) is a medical professional. You know, as you're hearing Dre talk right now, it's like he has a certain level of self-awareness that he has to do his own work. And, you know, I don't want to throw it all out there. Maybe your own therapy training and your own personal therapy as well, right? Oh, oh yeah, I get therapy. <laughs> you see? So even I therapists mean, get therapy. Yeah. And that's a big, big part. And that's something that's missing in insta-therapy where people are not understanding. Like, there's a difference between listening to you and listening to the other guy who just turned on the camera is very attractive. Probably has a Are you personality. Saying I'm not attractive. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? Probably has like a personality. Has this confidence. It has this um, attitude, which may be attractive to someone who uh, we could go into this. Who maybe on themselves are insecure and who have their own emotional voids, yeah. right? And they like feed into that. That's a big part of instant therapy right now. Like it's yeah. something that like I cringe on when I when I watch gurus and. Like, all these quotes, man. I'm done with the quotes, man. <laughs> I, the I'm quotes? guilty of them. I still post the quotes. Yeah, me too. I'm guilty of the quotes, man. But sometimes I have to post it. I'll be like, I'm done with these quotes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the quotes for me is funny because, like, I feel like I'll, I'll like, see a quote. I hear it. Actually, I get my quotes, to be honest with you. I actually get my quotes from, like, clients and stuff. Oh, nice. Like, sometimes if a client says, like, some deep shit mm. and it's just like, I'm like, holy fuck, I got to post that quote. I, sometimes I'll be like, mm. if it's like, if I'm on the phone with the client or I'm on Zoom, I'll type that quote real quick <laughs> and like put yeah. it up the next day. Yo, no and credit. I'll be like, yo, no. My words, I, I sh- that's I should, your credit right I there. should credit them, right? I should be like, but I, I don't know. It's so fucking weird to be like a freaking mental health Instagram page and then also yeah. working with people because of the idea of confidentiality. Right. You know what I mean? I can't mm. like go past the line of confidentiality and like, you know, talk about people's experiences because then they're going to come up to me and be like, hey, I heard you on the podcast talking about my life. Right. What right. are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, like, there's, there's a lawsuit. Behind it, yeah, there, exactly. You know? So I got to be careful as to what I say and what I do. But, um, you know, once again, you know, this is this is what, how the field is professionally. Right. Yeah. I think one of those Insta girls hears a story. They're probably going to talk about it and like, you know, put it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah. It happens. It happens. Yeah. I mean, another thing is that I think on the basis of confidentiality, like it's okay for me to talk about people's stories as long as I twist them a little bit yeah. and like don't mention any names or any anything that could connect that person with that right. sort of experience. Right. I think that's a big part. Um, well, we already mentioned our our internship site, but hey. shout out to them, if, yeah, you know. Yeah, but I think I, mean, I think that's a big. I mean, we're we're going with the podcast as it goes, so we're learning as well. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I think throwing names out there could be... Oh, that's a no-no for sure. Yeah. Not throwing no names out for yeah. sure. But, hey, I mean, the reason why I like to bring people's life experiences into like a po- something like a podcast or something like this is because you guys, the audience, mm-hmm. can actually connect with it. Right. So that's why like I would actually like do that. But obviously, I'm going to twist it up. I'm not going to mm-hmm. talk about 
you know, all this other stuff. I mean, I do that in my classes. Like, mm-hmm. when I teach, like, you know, we'll be talking about abnormal psychology and, uh, like, in an abnormal psychology class, I'll be saying, we'll be talking about, like, depression, anxiety, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'll just, you know, suicide, and I'll just mention brief experiences yeah. I've had with people i worked with in, in that way, and, you know, like, their suicidal ideations and what I had to experience, you know, because that's part of my experience, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, I, I share that sometimes, but I don't share no names. I don't share where I work. I don't share... You know, like um, all this, other, you know, things I was gonna get the client in trouble. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or low confidentiality and stuff. Or me. No, I think trouble. that's important. Yeah. yeah. So we're definitely gonna have like a lot of examples and a lot of things. Oh to yeah, share. of course we can do that. Um, you let know, me, let me call my lawyer and check though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, I think that the big thing about us as humans is, you know, we like to we're, we're social beings, right? And we need to relate and we need to connect. So. You know, when we hear other people's experience and other people's story, you know, it, sometimes when we relate to it, it touches us in a different way. So definitely, definitely, definitely like, you know, I think it's important to share those. And also like you we're also not only sharing like an experience like bochinche, right? You're like, oh, you don't have to. No, nah, like <laughs> where there's also uh, uh, like a process and evaluation to it. And there's there's some value behind it. Um, so we're not just here, you know talking about someone's life just to throw it out there mm. or just because it sounds nice or just because it's catchy like there's actually some um basis to it and there's something important a lesson behind it that maybe some people could can take from it yeah you know and, I, and i'm pretty sure there's a lot of things also that we're going to share throughout this podcast a lot of things that we're going to talk about you know it's just like once again you know we're going to talk about mental health field stuff psycho- psychological knowledge this is all based in stuff like that so if there's something that you're interested in learning more about this is what that podcast goal is the goal is to help you guys learn more about the psycholo- the, the field of psychology and mental health from a latino perspective of people who actually work in the field as professionals so yes this is what you're going to be tuning into and learning about this is something that you're not about then Fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but if you're, something you're about, then yeah. we're, we're about it, you know? So tune in, you know, we're going to, we're going to be planning on doing this, you know, I guess like what, like once a week or something. Once I could week, do once a week. Hey yeah. man, we'll, we'll start once a week. We got to yeah, do it twice. Yeah, we'll yeah, twice. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like, I think there's, there's value behind that. And also like our own shit that we, that goes on, right? Like we're therapists, but Hey, we, we go through this shit as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that too. So if you're a therapist, tune in cause right. we probably relate and shit. Yeah. And then, you know, we, and, and, and we'd love to have you on the show too, actually. So if you're, a, if you're a therapist out there, you know, come through and maybe we could talk about stuff too and just sit down and there's and space, there's here. space here, you know there's what I mean? Space, here. space. So let's do it. You know? Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. Um, you know, us also opening up our vulnerability and, you know, talking a little bit about our experiences and, you know, how we cope with life in the 21st century. Um, and also like how that relates, like you said, to our identity, you know, being from New York, being Latinos and also being men and in mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, 75% of Bro. therapists are women, Bro. 75% of therapists are white. Bro. So what you're seeing right here, man, it's, it's a rare, it's a rare thing. Bro, right? Um, yeah, I remember just a little story. You know, when I was uh, in my grad program at Hunter, so I went to Hunter. I took my mental health graduate program there. And uh, one of the classes I had was a group therapy class. And uh, in that group therapy class, I was the only male mm. in that class. Like, And it was, a, it was a class of like 40 people. Dang. And I was the only male. And the teacher 
would always fucking pick on me, yo. Like, I was like, yo, like every time, like she would freaking call me out. And like, what's that called? Like the token that has a, has a name? Uh, the black sheep? I don't know. The black sheep. You're like the, the spokesman token. for men. Yeah, the spokesman for men, right? Like, this is how I feel Jeez. about that, right? No, you don't feel that way. <laughs> like, what? Right. No, nah, but um, like, yeah, even even a lot of my colleagues and, and the, my classmates were noticing that she was like very like on me. Like, they would even tell me after class, like, yo, Dre, like, uh, she. Does, I don't think she likes you. And oh. I was like, yeah. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe I, she was on for you. I, I maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like we we would talk about shit that went down in group settings and stuff like that. And um, you know, it was it was interesting. I loved the class though. It was, shout out to that professor. She was really nice. I mean, not nicest, but you know, I actually actually one of the things that she always talked about in that class in group therapy is bringing the elephant into the room, mm. like learning how to bring the elephant into the room, right? Yeah. And toward the end of the class, that's exactly what I did. So I did learn something valuable from that class. Okay. Like I did say like, hey, you know, I don't want to say her name, but like, hey, Miss um, Professor, whatever. Um, you know, I feel like throughout this whole class, you know, you were always like picking on me and stuff and like always calling me out on stuff like that. Nice. And, um, you know, she actually like ad- acknowledged it. And then she asked the class in front of everyone. And she was like, guys, do, do, does Andre's point have validity? And then everyone in the class looked at me and looked at her, and they all shook their heads <laughs> like, yeah, 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 you kind of were picking on you this dude. You had 15 weeks yeah, like, you picking, 15 on this weeks dude. picking on this dude. And, I'm, and everyone in the class was just like, yeah, like, you kind of did. And then she's like, and then she apologized, mm. which was like the strongest part. And that's what the importance of bringing the elephant into a room is. That's the yeah. importance of communication. I learned that through actually that experience. Even though it's like a college class, it was also experience, an experience at the same time, which was dope. Bro, the only thing I'm thinking about is like, you know how difficult it is to be able to communicate and be vulnerable like that to that extent as a man and as a minority and having the experiences that we've had, it is freaking difficult. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I, people always commend me for my ability to express myself and my feelings and everything. It wasn't easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it took a lot of work, um, especially in the last 10 years. Like, I didn't grow up like this. You know, I grew up in a machisto household. I grew up in the streets, per se. You know, there's a certain attitude, there's a certain uh, way of looking, talking, and acting that you have to present or else you can get punk. <laughs> you know, you're a punk. So I think when women, especially like, oh, I want a man who's vulnerable, who's able to communicate and express his feelings. Hey, unless you, you're grabbing one of these two, you know, unless you're going to Mars or something like, you know, seriously, it's not easy. It is not easy. It is not easy as a man to be able to fully express yourself. And, you know, while you were talking, I was also thinking like, and men usually once they're like, angry it comes out or drunk it comes out oh yeah right and that's what that's what people are used to like you're used to that man being super super upset to the point where he can't hold it back anymore and he just divulges everything of your relationship for the last six months right or they're just drunk and they're just like letting it all loose um and i think that that's one part of the mental health field and the psychology field that I'm, I really want to hone in on because I think it's very important and I think it's necessary. Um, and I think it's a, it's a tool that's not practicing or taught in schools. It's uh, very likely not practiced or taught in your household due to 
just generational traumas and just the way life is, right? So your role models usually are not those kind of people who are able to fully express themselves wholeheartedly. So I think this is something that men are missing in this generation, this day and age, is the ability to sit back, let the heart, open up the heart chakra, right? And allow the voice to express, right? It's, it's tough, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, it's actually very interesting, you know, um, when I work with uh, male clients, you know, because, uh, oh, you know, I think it's one of the most powerful things to work with a male client because, like, just to hear, like, vulnerability from a male is crazy. Like, I remember I was working with, like, you know, the cops at some point, and I remember, you know, a, a lot of male cops, actually. So, you know, working with them, you know, to hear their vulnerability was actually yeah. a very interesting thing because you think, yeah. like, when you think cop, you think, like, a guy who's probably, like, For you sure. know, strong, asshole, arrogant, whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes that's, like, the perspective or stereotype that you might get when you hear of a cop, but... The reality is it's not that there's way more um, vulnerability behind those individuals. And, you know, sometimes to see them getting treated the way that they get treated mm. and like, you know, this past couple of years and stuff like that, you know, it really made me feel a sense of unfairness for them because those people are the ones that are actually struggling the most. I feel sometimes like, you know, when I was working with them, I just felt all that anger. I felt all mm. that frustration within them, you know, and also, you know. It was just it was just a lot, you know, and I, I give I give, you know, a lot of respect to male cops and, you know, because of that. And I understand a lot of their frustration tends to carry on in a way that's, you know, uh, unfortunate. And I think those are the cops that really need to get checked. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of these cops that are actually motivated to look for help for their mental health, that is a big step for someone like that, mm -hmm. because it's like. You know, they would that would be like one of our, some of our conversations and sessions was like, how did you even get here in my office? Like, how did you right. manage to get into a, like I, I like you would think cops are like the least amount, least people that probably come into therapy. Right. And they're the people that actually need it the most. Mm, you know what I mean? And, and like it's like, you know, it, it makes me happy to serve them because after I work with them, I notice the change. Mm. And I hope that carries on into the communities, into the work that they do. You know what I mean? That's like the power of, I feel like working with them. And that's why I open up my doors to them. You know what I mean? So like, you know, I try to like, once again, when the whole movement, but the whole cops and stuff like that was happening, I was getting angry too. You know, like I was angry at some point, like, yeah. damn, why are cops killing people? Why are they acting like this? What the fuck is their problem and stuff like that. But then once I actually started working with them on a deeper level, mm. that's when I started realizing like, damn, this person is a human too, you know? And like, Shout out to, once again, shout out to them for looking for the help that they need, you know, and I hope that the help that I give them and I serve them helps the community so they can become more friendly towards other people in the community. And that's what I teach them. And they know they're talking to a Latino yeah. minority client uh, therapist, you know right. what I mean? Which is even more powerful. Right. It's like, I'm the person that you be arresting. Right. You know what I mean? There's, there's <laughs> usually not those lines of communication with the De demographic. Definitely not. I mean, look at how I'm dressed. You know what I mean? Like you're good. Right. I'm, I'm the typical target, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> and then like me talking to them as a Latino man, it, it, it's powerful. You know what I mean? It's like teaches them probably like, okay, like that person could have been my therapist, mm. somebody that understood me, somebody that like listened to me, somebody that, you know, heard me cry and stuff like that. Right. You know what I mean? So they probably changed their mindset. And I noticed that change. And that to me is like rewarding as fuck. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like 
you know me i feel like in this work we don't make changes on a macro level we make changes on a micro level mm. but that micro change goes into the macro change you know what i mean i hope those the cops that i've worked with learn that and they bring that into their own partners and the people that they work with and hopefully you know if they face with a situation like that they handle it more effectively, mm -hmm. you know, because of the, probably like the understanding, oh, this person, you know what I mean? Like even sometimes when I go around, like I think that too, like I, I'm like, you know, driving and I see like cops, whatever. Yeah. And I have some trauma with, tra with cops, by the way, from when I was younger, I oh, used to do some shit it. I shouldn't have been doing when I was younger, but we'll talk more <laughs> about that, you know, in another story, but you know, um, so I had like this sort of trauma from cops yeah. because when I was younger, cops always used to pick on me. Like For I always sure. used to freaking drive around and, I had a, when I was in high school, when I was like 17, 18, a rice. I had a, a hoopty. I had a 1990 Honda Accord. Oh, of course you And I had, had, I had to. <laughs> it looked like a Honda Accord. I like a Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> little Civic, little rice burner. Like, yeah, I had that. Like that yeah. So I'll be driving around uh, my high school in this 1990 Honda Accord with yeah. the tinted windows. And I get pulled over all the fucking time. <laughs> but I'll be blasting music. Wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. Because I was young, ignorant, and, and yeah. you know what I mean? Like just living life and um yeah so these cops would always fuck with me and to the point where they knew my name yeah so they were like oh castro like i'd be like oh damn like now you guys know my name like the neighborhood cops knew who i was and um it was interesting so like you know i i had that experience with cops like a bad mm. one so every time i'd be driving around like i'd be like looking you know what i mean like oh shit those are d-boys or those uncovers mm -hmm. whatever and um that was an interesting yeah. fucking experience man when i was younger yo <laughs> And, um, yeah, so, like, now that I work with them on a deeper level as an adult now, it's completely different. Now it's, like, I understand them now. And it's, it's it's you know, it's, like, an amazing thing. That's why I love this work. You know, like, you grow from it, really. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Nah, cops are good in my book. I got cops in my family as well, so. Yeah, my uncle's a cop, too. Yeah. He always yeah. give me little PBA cards. Not all cops are bad cops. Come fight me. All right? <laughs> I live across street from a precinct too, so uh, okay. <laughs> come fight me. Come fight. <laughs> I, I I got the squad on on uh, speed down. No, but I think go. um I think that whole demographic of uh, therapy for police officers. I don't know if there's like a they have their well, own organization yeah, they, so, for that, but it seems necessary. Yeah. So basically, like, so um the insurance panel that I'm on, which is GHI. Shout out to GHI because you know they're you shout know, out to GHI. I mean, they they you know they pay out the least but they serve the most okay so that's why like i I, you know, I respect them you know what i mean because yeah. you know they're serving they, they they have like these very cheap insurance plans for city workers mm. and i ha i'm on that panel too gotcha. so like that's why I, you know i always love taking on clients who have ghi mm. and emblem health and stuff like that uh because those are the city workers so mm. teachers cops firemen yeah. um you know, garbage people, all those, all right. those people are under GHI health insurance. So if you're a therapist and you get under GHI, those are the people you're going to be serving. So, you know, get under that if you want to really help the community, you know right. what I mean? Cause uh, you know, listening uh, the other stories of teachers, right? I know we're on the story of cops, but holy shit, I got stories for days, oh, <laughs> but, teachers. but like teachers, Jeez. yeah, that's another under undermined, um, uh, community of workers, you know, professionals and stuff like that, which I think, you know, uh, I, that's another one I have a big heart for teachers, man. Yeah. Like they're, they're really struggling. Like those, like cause of COVID, mm. I feel like so many teachers struggled cause of COVID. Tell me about that it. That was crazy. Yeah. Was, you know, you saw it. You oh, worked man, in school. I lived it. Yeah. You lived it. So like, I have a lot of respect for teachers, cops, firemen, you know what I mean? Like everything. And, um, go going back to the whole, 
where did I leave? Oh, GHI. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you have GHI and you're a city worker, you know what I mean? You could hit up your directory on the back of your insurance card. You just call the member service. You could go to the directory and, you know, if you need mental health services, you could just ask that person that, hey, I need mental health services. Who can I talk to? Who's around? And then they'll help guide you to uh, someone that you want. They'll ask you questions too. They'll ask you like, oh, do you prefer a male or female? Mm-hmm. Do you prefer like um, an, any type of ethnic type of uh, therapist? And they have all that listed in their uh, directory. So yeah. Uh, do that if you need mental health services, and that's a way that you can find mental health services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on a wait list for my therapist, so I'm just cruising right now, but they slacking. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. This is a, Once again, that's another thing to talk about, right? Is the freaking, uh, the lack of mental health professionals in yeah. our city, right? Yeah. Or just in general, I think, in the United States. I don't know. What, I know there's a lack in our, in our state, but. It's definitely a drought. It's definitely a drought. Yeah, yeah drought but um hopefully if things go good next few years the drought will be over yeah the drought is over that's a that's a hard uh little wayne mixtape by the way i like i love little wayne (laughs) that's an old school little wayne mixtape oh yeah (laughs) the drought is over part four that that was the hardest one nice (laughs) (laughs) now i definitely feel like the last two years uh the realm of therapy social work and all that good stuff has picked up some steam so you know hopefully things change I'm even, better. I'm even in the process of hiring some therapists as well, actually. Nice. I thought you had. Oh, they're yeah. in the process. Oh, they're in the process. Yeah, in the process. Yeah. Nice. They come on soon. I mean, that'd be nice. Word. Yeah, man. If you do want to tune in more often, once again, you know, Kevin and I will be posting up, uh, you know, po- or doing podcasts every week. We're going to, you know, include uh, current events. We're going to include all type of stuff that will be interesting for you, the audience to listen to and uh this is a podcast that you're gonna learn a lot from so tune in and uh we hope you enjoy our discussion today yeah and let us know what you think as well like let us know what you think of you know the content the process uh, the context whatever um if you want us to discuss something particular or you have a question definitely you know throw it out there and we'll, we'll we'll touch on it Oh, yeah, sure. of course, for sure. But, yeah, like you said, this is just, like, sort of like an intro. I'm a little, like, snotty and stuff. Next time I'll be better. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's not COVID. You know? <laughs> nah, I'm just you kidding. Know, I just had a COVID, thing, like, last week. Good thing I brought week, the so. Ecuador jersey, though. Yeah, know? yeah, good thing. Represent, represent. You already know. Ecuadorians country. be looking at me like, what? This guy's not Ecuador. <laughs> why? Like, why? Why? Why, so, don't, why don't they think you're Ecuadorian? Because I'm, I'm, like, I'm a Afro-Ecuadorian. Oh, so, okay, so a lot of the Indios, they get mm. kind of tricked out. They're like, hmm, that nose, that height, something's not right. Uh. But he <laughs> does kind of look Ecuadorian with that big-ass head. So, <laughs> yeah. So once, once they click something, they're like, oh, nanito, uh, You know, then they be like, all right, he's Ecuadorian. So. All, right, yeah. all right, man. So we we'll it here, man. We'll have more discussions in the future. Take care, everyone. For have sure. Bye-bye. Peace.